what it was before. Luther was the unwitting harbinger of a new world in which the well-established boundaries of what was acceptable were exploded, never to be restored. Suddenly, the individual had not only the freedom and possibility of thinking for himself, but the weighty responsibility before God of doing so. Perhaps the most remarkable aspect of Luther's story is that it need never have happened. Martin Luther was not a man born or later inclined to tilt at papal windmills. In fact, until about 1520, he was as vigorous a champion of the church as anyone who had ever lived. He desired desperately to help Rome elude the fate it ended up experiencing. In fact, in a case of extreme irony, so much so that one might think of Oedipus, he became the very man who brought about everything he had hoped to avoid. As his story illustrates, it was a sublime and ridiculous decoction of forces that created the perfect storm that burst over the European continent, creating what we now call the Reformation and the future. We can only wonder what might have been avoided had the distracted Pope Leo been sensitive to his role in history and taken the German monk's earnest suggestions to heart. It was Rome's mystifying inflexibility that drove Luther to bolder and bolder public positions, eventually putting him beyond rapprochement and setting him along a path that will forever be debated as either heretical and ignominious or as orthodox and glorious. But for good and for ill, Martin Luther was the midwife of the irrevocably divided world in which we now live. Myth and Truth During his lifetime, Luther's celebrity grew at such a pace that the momentum of it could not be slowed even by his death. In fact, the magma of his celebrity soon cooled into hagiographic stone such that much of what the world has come to know about him is fiction. The most well-known so-called facts of his life illustrate the point. First, he was born into a family of peasants, the poor son of a miner who was raised in a home humble and cramped. Second, his hardscrabble upbringing was a brutal one in which his dour working-class father buffeted him so viciously that it warped his psyche, causing him to see God the Father as a similarly glowering and sadistic figure to be placated and assuaged in endlessly humiliating religious contortions or to be avoided entirely. Third, it was a literal bolt of fire from the heavens that caused the jumpy 21-year-old suddenly to blurt out a binding vow, one he had never previously considered, but that in his abject fear he indeed spoke and then felt duty-bound to honor the rest of his born days, thus leading him to become a monk. The fourth so-called fact was that it was on a trip to Rome that he was so shocked at the blasphemous devilry of that vile city that he decided he must destroy the soft and decadent Italian church and remake it in his own uncompromising and upright German image. Fifth, he began this lifelong project by angrily and defiantly hammering his damning accusations against Rome onto the very door of the castle church in Wittenberg, thus putting the quivering pope on notice that his deeds had been weighed in the balance and found wanting. Sixth, after his great stand at the Diet of Worms, where he said, Here I stand, I can do no other, he fled to the Wartburg, where in his overflowing umbrage he took on the devil personally and at least once punctuated his fury by hurling a pot of ink at the fiend who dared to trespass his quarters. Indeed, 
Anyone who doubts this need only go to the Wartburg to see the swart blots themselves, still staining the wall of his cell these five centuries later. Seventh, the nun he married escaped from her nunnery by hiding inside a large barrel that had only just been emptied of herring. In fact, all of the twelve nuns hid in filthy herring barrels secured to the wagon that hurtled them away to freedom. These important details have been recounted innumerable times and are being confidently recounted this minute, told in tours of Luther sites around Germany in many languages, being written and read in otherwise excellent books about Luther and posted in online articles and blogs. But not a single one of these seven things is true. They are each sloppy glosses on the actual facts and have over time congealed and finally ossified into the marmorial narrative that has existed...